Hey, church family and others tuning in, we're into week two of a sermon series that we've called Anchored in Uncertainty. My theme today is staying rooted. The Old Testament, there's a book, uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and 8 says this, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. I love uh, those two verses. You know, with all of the social isolation and physical distancing that's occurring in our world right now and with much of the life change that we've all experienced with questions of uncertainty surrounding the future of schooling and job security, work routines, shopping, gathering together with friends and family, that includes our own church family. Do you find that you're bothered, worried, stressed, overwhelmed, and frustrated? Let's be honest, we all are uh, to a certain degree. The question is, how are you handling it? Do you feel anchored or rooted within it all? Or are you rocked by it? I'll get to those questions in a moment. But first, I have two guests with me today who happen to be good friends of Kwanda and mine, Scott and Michelle Guyon. Scott and Michelle have an incredible God story that has been unfolding in their lives of how God's been holding them up and anchoring them down in their faith through their own time of uncertainty. And throughout my message, we'll be mixing in some of that story as it relates to what I'll be saying today about staying rooted in Christ through times of question and uncertainty. You know, there's something that you should know about me. I enjoy gardening. It's almost that time of year again. I like a clean yard, neatly manicured lawns, and brightly colored flowers. You know, I like garden-picked produce more than anything else, um, better than the stuff that you get in the stores. There's something extra tasty about eating freshly picked carrot or garden peas or something direct from the ground to table, those potatoes, you know, the -the off-the-vine tomato. And I'm sure I come by it naturally. See, my mom was a great gardener, but I'm not, at least not yet, but I want to be. My mom had what they called a green thumb. She could plant anything and it would grow. My dad would till the ground and trough the rows for her. My mom would then carefully, almost methodically, place her selective seeds into her garden. And without fail, a few days later, those new shoots would push through the earth and new plants would alertly rise from those seemingly lifeless, tiny, dry seeds that mom planted. And with just the right and appropriate amount of water and nurture given to each seedling, it didn't matter whether it was a flower or a vegetable or a shrub or a tree that got planted in that garden, each seedling would respond accordingly. And ironically, every plant in that garden also needed a few more things to reach its state of health and strength. It needed the heat of the sun, timely droplets of rain, and the force of intermittent wind for it to mature, to root down and to anchor in. 
Because without them, those plants would grow weak and they would stay fruitless. You know, it's much the same with our lives. Spiritually, we too need the heat of the sun, the timely droplets of refreshing rains and the forceful intermittent winds of life's tests and trials to nurture us and to grow us to strengthen us and to mature us. They help us root in. And in ways not always appreciated, they help anchor us to become either more Christ-like or self-like. They either move us more toward Christ with faith and trust and hope and confidence or away from Christ with doubt and fear and worry and anxiety. And I find it incredible that there are trees and there are shrubs and plants that can flourish in the hot desert-like conditions and long months of drought, even like we read in that passage in Jeremiah, while others quickly wither and dry up. Scott and Michelle, thank you for joining me. Uh, It wasn't all that long ago that you guys found yourself here in Regina. You're looking for a new place to live, a fresh start sort of thing uh, in your life. But along the way, it's also you were searching for answers. You know, you had questions about some things about faith. Um, Eventually, you made your way to our church and things began to change for you. So tell us a little bit about that time in your life. Well, at that time, I was new to Christianity, so I can't say I was really in search of anything. Well, hindsight's everything now. I, I, I recognize I was lost. Mm. Yeah, I was lost. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, with that, um, what brought you, first of all, to Regina then? I moved to Regina with work uh, four years ago. Yeah, yeah. And in, but it wasn't just work that brought you here. God obviously had a plan. I would say so. Here we are today, Here right? Here we are, yeah. <laughs> so um, you, you alluded to this a bit, but where was God in your life before? Where is he now? He's part of my everyday. He's with me as I pray before I do my daily devotionals and whenever we're in looking for answers or some calmness, we just reach out in a prayer and it comes upon me. Yeah. So the two of you are actually in a different place in your journey at that time though too. Michelle, how about you? Where were you at? Oh, I've been, uh, you know, a Christian and rooted in my faith since um, since I was young. Yeah. So when we came here, it was a bit of, um, I wouldn't say a disruption to my faith, but it was hard for me to move here from there. Right. So, um, but I know God brought us here and it's been amazing for our marriage and Scott became a Christian here. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so in the midst of uncertainty, God shows up. Yes. Yeah. It's great. When least expected. Yeah. In Christ, we stay deeply rooted. You know, as we stay deeply rooted in his word and daily in step with the leading of the Holy Spirit's presence and guidance in our life, we can live unwithered and unweathered. In other words, not bothered or worried by life's tests and trials. We can still experience that blessed life. We can still live a victorious life. We can still enjoy the abundant life that the Bible promises, confident and secure despite conflict and circumstance. So how bothered do you get when you're throwing a curveball? When life takes that turn on you, when you find out that things you thought were within your control actually aren't? Does your heart and mind spin in circles trying desperately how you can pull it all together or how you can surrender 
it all to the one who is ultimately in control of all things? Do you find that worry assaults you easily? Or does trust come readily, almost effortlessly for you? Are you an anxious person? Or is your spirit still? Can you rest in tough situations? I'll let you in on a secret. It's impossible to trust and stress out with overwhelm simultaneously. Rest naturally follows trust. I'll put it another way. A heart that trusts rests. Over the past few weeks, COVID-19 has affected every one of us in varying ways. For some, it's had a negative effect with negative experiences. But for others, simply by looking at it from another's perspective and through a different lens, it actually has had some positive effects. Our tendency is to focus on what we can't do rather than the many wonderful things that we still can do by simply making a few adjustments to our lifestyle. We concentrate on what we've lost rather than on what we can gain in this time of reflection. We think about where we want to be rather than where we are. Interactions have limited and drastically lowered. Isolation practices and social and physical distancing have become part of our everyday and even our language. And let's be real, life challenges distress each of us differently. Life change unnerves each of us uniquely. But it's our choice, our choice and our frame of reference that define us and ultimately determine the state of our health, including our spiritual health, emotional health, mental health, relational health, and even our physical health. It's possible that in the hub of current events, hopes that you've held dear have unexpectedly halted. It's possible that some realities you've dreamed of have suddenly turned into a vivid nightmare. It's possible that blessings you've anticipated for this time in your life have quietly shifted, and now it feels more like a dynamite blast has scattered debris in every direction, leaving you anxious to pick up the pieces that remain, hoping that you can find some of those pieces and you can put them back together the way that they were. It's possible that the riverbank you've banked your life savings on has eroded or is eroding from underneath you quicker than you've prepared for, deeper than the foundation you've planned for. For some people, their outlook is doom and gloom. And for others, their outcome is actually secure and assured. So why the difference? Though stress and overwhelm and pressure and change in endless places and people to worry over exist every single day, focusing our thoughts on and around those things only highlight the confusion and chaos that they can bring into our life. They become burdens of the heart rather than the blessings of God's goodness that exist in and among those very things. The loss of a job can be an opportunity for God's provision to shine through as we trust him or as you trust him beyond what you feel or understand in that very moment. A move can set you up for an outpouring of God's grace upon your life that transcends any grief you may feel in the process. Letting go of a lingering issue from your past 
can position you for a fresh start in a new direction that's focused on the abundant life that God has for you. All you need to do is grab hold of it, embrace it and receive it, that forgiveness and that freedom and that fulfillment. We're all given the same opportunity, yet not all respond equally. Those who choose to trust the Lord flourish. Those who turn away from the Lord eventually falter as they forge their own way in life. So for the two of you now, you're each choosing to trust the Lord for something significant in the midst of the change um, that's coming to your life. So what are those changes? Where's God taking you now? Oh, I guess that's me. (laughs) Scott got another job offer in Ontario, so we're moving again. Um, That was supposed to already happen, but COVID came, so we're actually not sure if we're moving or staying, so we're kind of right in the middle of... Um, you know, with some of those changes, how are you trusting the Lord with that and with, with that opportunities as well? It's not just change, but it's opportunities as well. How are you trusting God with that? Well, new being new to Christianity, as I mentioned, it is certainly at times different putting all that trust into, into God and being new in the relationship. But I, I do feel that he will definitely lead us down the right path. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Michelle, anything you want to add to that? I think it's a relief for both of us that we don't have to rely on our own understanding or our own resources because it's absolutely uncertain what our future holds. Right. Like we're out of our house next week and we're not sure where we're going, but sometimes I'll get worried or anxious and then I just give it to God. And once we say that, because he's always been there, he's always followed through sort of the anxiety lifts. Yeah, that's awesome. So I was just going to ask you that question. Are you worried or are you anxious, you know, about what's next for the two of you? You know, obviously uh, there's this uncertainty. You don't know if you're going to have a job, you know, relationships, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Church, you know, mm-hmm. even with that. Um, but uh, let's be honest. Like, are, are you worried? Are you uh, anxious? And, and what are you doing with the worry? Myself, I'm fairly confident. Um, I normally leave the worrying up to Michelle. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what's giving you your confidence then? My walk so far has been um, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And, and, you know, I I think about before I was introduced to God and I was lost. Yeah. And, and yeah, my walk so far and praying daily and and getting um, messages that, you know, that... Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have maybe seen before little hints throughout the day. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, God's making himself real in the midst of all of this stuff. Love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. God designed each of us with a default to lean into him and to trust him fully. Sin destroyed that default setting. However, the cross dealt with that sin and rebooted that setting back to its original default. What we do with Christ and the message of the cross is what makes all the difference. Like anything else, we can embrace it or refuse it. We can yield to Christ or we can continue yearning for our own way. The cross of Christ rooted and sourced deeply, or the the way of Christ, sorry, rooted 
and sourced deeply in the word of God generates a certainty and security for us. But leaning and depending on our own way causes more worry. No matter how hard we try, there are some things that we cannot fix. We're not meant to. There are things in people and environments we cannot control, nor should we. You're not meant to. You may want to convince or worse, try to convict, but you can't. You're not meant to. And it worries and it worries you so you can't or even that you can't and you shouldn't. That's the Holy Spirit's job, not yours, not mine. Worry and its accomplice anxiety might actually be our two greatest adversaries during seasons of uncertainty. You know, a definition for worry that I've been thinking about might be this. A prolonged concentration or imagination over an actual or potential problem in an effort to secure a preferred outcome. We want it somehow to become our way. But what do we do if it's not? That's the problem. Joyce Myers refers to it as having an it's all up to me mindset. I'll take it from here. But it really boils down to who's in charge. And the problem with worry is that it subtly undermines and undervalues the ability of God to come through on our behalf. We rely on our own intervention, provision, reconciliation and protection measures, measures more than his. Worry creates anxiety and anxiety generates inner panic and fear. And that fear then strengthens its grip and immobilizes and paralyzes. And eventually the social and that spiritual paralysis that sets in stops us from all capable function or at least a perceived function. But there is a different way to live where worry surrenders to trust. And trust instills and builds hope. And hope establishes confidence. And eventually this confidence in the Lord yields a life that's infused with capable potential and function as the Holy Spirit enables and empowers us with the fullness of his abiding love and enduring grace. So lastly, as we get to this, you know, I talked about how the Holy Spirit enables and empowers us with the fullness of his abiding love and his enduring grace. I love that phrasing, abiding love and enduring grace. How are the two of you experiencing his love and his grace right now after you know, making some decisions or even in the middle of all of the packing? Um, what are you doing to prepare your hearts? Um, for our next chapter, um, while well, we are certainly looking at um, finding a new church, um, it's going to be difficult to, to fill the boots that this one is, is placed in our hearts and our souls and uh, maintaining our, our mentorship with yourselves, hmm. long distance as it be, but maintaining that relationship. Yeah, well, we certainly intend to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's good. So Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 8 indicated that we should stay green. You know, life tapped into God keeps us that way. 
Life tuned into the Holy Spirit keeps us that way. And ironically, the phrase stay green used to be a saying that meant young and unsuspecting, not naive per se, but new and are inexperienced. Many of us have become so calloused by our life experiences that we've forgotten what it's truly like to be born again. Brought from darkness to light, rescued, redeemed, instructed to let go of the old life along with its old habits and burdens and cares and pressures and worries and to live the new life that we've been promised and offered and given in Christ. And allow your roots of faith and hope to go down further and further into the living water of his spirit where your life can be strengthened and nurtured and nourished. And if you do, no matter what kind of heat comes your way, no matter what burdens you face or have, they do not have to bother you. And if you do go through long months of drought, you don't have to worry. You can walk in the joyful, peaceful, restful presence of the almighty God who delights in showing you how wonderful and good he is and that he is ever with you and in you and for you. You don't have to worry about today. He's got it. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. You know, he's got that one too. You don't have to worry about that thing. You know, that something, that everything, that anything, he's got it too. You don't have to worry about your life, his life, her life, their life. He's got it. It doesn't mean you don't care. It's actually just the opposite. You care enough to let go of it so that God can take it and do something about it. His way, in his time, at his pace. God's got it, church. God's got it, friend. Just stay rooted in his love, in his joy, in his grace, in his fullness. Trust him. Ask him. Yield your heart and mind to him. You can. And he desires it of you. As I close, I want to pray this prayer from Ephesians 3 over you. And receive these beautiful, powerful words today. It says this, I pray. This is my prayer. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it too is great, too great to understand fully, but then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen.